Well, we just sang it. Do you believe it's true? God is faithful. You believe that? Say that with me. God. Now you say it. Now say it to the person next to you. Indeed, he is. He is faithful. And here we are on the last Sunday in 2018. Fast away, the old year passes. Fa la 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 la. La 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 la. I don't know about you, but I think the older you get, time goes faster. How many of you agree with that? It just seems to accelerate. Uh, wow. And uh, a year is just, woof. Yeah. Time flies. But I believe that it is right, as you've heard this morning uh, from Michael, that, that times like these are significant uh, for reflection, for evaluation, and then for projection. Where have we been? Where are we now? And where, by God's grace, uh, are we going? And so we ponder for a moment what kind of year it was. Uh, for some in here, it was a great year, a really great year. It was a good year, a very good year. Uh, for others in here, it was eh, kind of a so-so year. For some, it was a tough year. It was a year you just soon forget about because, uh, oof, I don't want to have to do that again. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. So here we are on the brink of another new year, uh, another crossroads. And so it's a good time just to think about, uh, God, where is my life? Where am I headed? Is my family going in the right direction? Am I going in the right direction? What needs to happen so that I can be going in the direction that you have for me? As I think about the start of another year, I have some some, uh, concerns about the quality of my life. Now, we talk a lot about quality of life. Right, it's kicked around in all kinds of different forms and formats. But I do have some concerns about the quality of my life. Let me explain that, and just uh, to be very transparent, it seems like too often I don't live; I just get things done. Anybody relate to that? We're not human beings; we're human doings. That's our task. To get it done. My life seems to be mostly task-oriented. I, I wake up, I do what I need to do to get ready. I spend time with God, I, I pray, and then I come into church, hit the office, start replying to emails, doing all kinds of administrative stuff and stuff of ministry, and another day goes by. Sermons and teaching topics that began with a really good idea as I'm reading God's Word and something just sparks in there, and now breathing down my neck because there are deadlines in what began as a, a really cool thought from God is now just about get it done. Get it done because next Sunday's coming or next whatever's coming. At times I come home exhausted and fried and times the pace just kind of kills me and it kills us. Can you relate to that? Life is just really, really busy. Too much task, too little living. Anybody here relate to that? Too much task, too little living. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we're honest for a moment, that's kind of where many, many of us find ourselves. And this weariness in my life can show up in some ways that, uh, honestly, I'm not too proud of. Let me give you an example. I'm, again, I'm just sharing my heart with you. Here's one. Sometimes I hesitate to ask the question, how are you? 
I'm your pastor. That's, that's kind of my job, right? To ask, how are you? How are you? But I'm an introvert. This is a stretch. Because every time I ask that question, it becomes then, in my mind at least at times, an invitation to a conversation I don't have time for. And not only do I not have time for that conversation, I'm going to get into issues that I'm going to feel obligated to do something about. Because now it's on me, right? And so uh, as, as I process this, I'm just being honest with you here, right? As I process this, if I go up to you and say, how are you? I want to be as genuine, sincere, and compassionate as I can. Because that's truly what's in my heart. But then I think about all the stuff that I have to do. And I don't have enough margin or enough space uh, to kind of live in both worlds. So it would be easier not to ask the question. Or just to give me the flippant answer. Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I'm really good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? And oftentimes that happens. So when a person says, you know, I'm not doing so good, where do you go from there? Hey, got to run. Nice talking to you. <laughs> Be warm and filled. Peace on to you, right? So then what happens is I start beating myself up and I get down on myself for trying to avoid even asking the question so I can go on my day and get the things done that I'm supposed to get done. And then I become a human doing, Right? And so, God, where are you in this? We're busy. We need help. Give us some help, Lord. And so he vented energy drinks to solve our problem, right? And there are dozens, Red Bull, Rockstar, Monster Energy, Amp, Venom, Monster Juice. Not to mention everybody's got a cup of coffee in their hands. All the time there's coffee shops everywhere. Now, I don't do energy drinks or coffee, so I can get down on this one. <laughs> so my wife gets this coffee maker for her birthday a couple weeks ago and it's got these little things that you put in there and just put you yeah this one's called and there's a warning on here strong coffee no surrender (laughs) i like that i like that so i sometimes you know I, i wonder about this why do we need so much caffeine to jump start us in the morning And then we need sleep aids so we can go to rest at night. Our grandparents didn't live like this. Are you aware of that? There was a different culture and a different quality of life than having to get all amped up and then to wind it down so we can do it all over the next day. Just trying to be honest with you. We thought the age of technology would make life simpler and easier. I believe it's got us by the throat. And it's always buzzing, always popping, always dinging, always doing something, right? We feel the need to operate at the speed of computers, and seriously, I can get irritated. My email takes milliseconds to send. When it wasn't just that long ago, I remember it took like 10, 15 seconds to send an email, and that was fast, right? We're running around like ants after you step on their heel or hamsters on a wheel. So what are we going to do about it? As we stand again at a crossroads. How in the world can we create some margin and space and change the quality of our life? Which, If we're honest with ourselves, and I don't mean to be dark and depressing, but for many of us, this is where we live. 
And we're just, it's just endless. And it's accelerating. And it's getting out of control for many people in this room. So what do we do? I'm convinced that like the prodigal son, we aren't going to do anything about it until we come to our senses. And where did the prodigal son come to his senses? In the pig pen, right? At the very bottom. You're exactly right. When he decided, this isn't the course of my life. This is not the preferred course of action, for sure. I've got to make a change here. Then, Luke 17 says, he came to his senses, right? He came to his senses. And maybe it's time for us to consider coming to our senses and decide we're sick of it and we're going to choose a different life. Maybe it's time. And maybe a few people will take me up on this. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm concerned about the quality of my life. Till then, this way of getting things done has its benefits. And this is how we rationalize this kind of life. You see, it provides us with this false sense of security. I'm doing life. I'm on top of things. I'm productive. I'm valuable. In fact, you can't live without me. Because I do so much for my family or my job or whatever it is. It's a false sense of security, but we believe and, and convince ourselves this is the only road to true security. Faster, better, further, longer. I gotta keep going, gotta keep doing, gotta keep doing. We probably won't be honest enough to say, God, you really don't seem to have my back. Where are you, God, in all this? You don't really seem to have, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll say, you know what, God? Since you're not doing it, I gotta do it myself. I gotta make this happen. I gotta get it together. I gotta do it. And really, that's our underlying conviction. Is that, God, are you faithful? Will you come through? Can I live my life a little differently and trust you for all that other stuff? After all, if we believed God was going to take care of our concerns, we wouldn't be killing ourselves trying to take care of everyone and everything and being the Savior of the world. Guess what? You're not. And neither am I. And I don't have to take care of everyone and everything all the time. That's God's job. Not mine, right? I got to be freed from that kind of thinking because it's got us by the throat again, just like technology does. And maybe we're too afraid to slow down. I don't have to face myself or God or my spouse or anyone else because I'm busy, way too busy. And if I slow down, I'm going to have to face some things that I just soon stay ahead of, right? i got to outrun this because if I have to deal with it, it ain't going to be pretty. But my busyness is just the way it is. And by golly, at least I'm showing that I'm a responsible person by doing things right. That's the way my parents raised me. Be responsible. Get it done. I'm convinced there is a different way to live. I am absolutely convinced there is a different way to live. God's calling us into that different way to live. I, I really believe that. One that makes more sense. One that includes God. It's in and throughout our day. Next week we'll start a short series called Practicing His Presence. I'm really looking forward to these messages these next couple of weeks. I know I need it. And trust it will encourage you as we begin the new year. We're going to talk about can we stay in the presence of God all day long? What does that look like? How do we do that? How do I uh, uncompartmentalize my life so that work is here, 
and then church is here, and then my relationship with my spouse is here, and God is somewhere in a box, and everything's got these boxes. How can we practice his presence throughout the day? How can I recapture this sense that, God, you're with me right now, and I want to do what's really important to you, not my to-do list, which is driving my life, and the tyranny of the urgent has caught me again, and I'm just swept up in this. And we wonder, why does the year go by so fast? Why does it go by so fast? <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. I've got some good news. God makes all things new. Do you believe that? That's what he said. He makes all things new. The ball's now in our court. I'm ready for the new things God has for you, for me, for our families, for our church, for our community. I'm looking forward to what he has because he makes all things new. I'm grateful for what he has done as I look back. And I'm really, really thankful for his grace, aren't you? That he can put up with us and all of our shenanigans and all of our stuff. And not only does he put up with it, he sets us free from it. And aren't you glad with me that God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve? I am really glad. Here's what Isaiah said. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Isn't that amazing? Guess what? When you're reminded how awful sinner you are, where's that coming from? It's not coming from him. I guarantee it. He will never think of them again. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So why do we keep beating ourselves up for what's happened in the past? It's time to pull this into the moment and see ourselves as God sees us. Hmm. Here's what Hebrews says. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So he balances this with the New Testament. I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. Isn't that incredible? Wow. The guilt, the shame, it all begins to peel off. And then we stand before God of great love with his arms open, ready to embrace us. Wow. Wow. But before we move forward in the new year, let's pause and reflect on where we've been. Can you remember where you were a year ago and what was happening in your life? Oftentimes I can't because I'm old, right? But even though my memory might not exactly recall, my journal does. And so that's why I journal. I can look back and I can tell you exactly what was going on in my heart and in my life a year ago. Or 10 years ago. Or 20 years ago. And so as I was preparing uh, one of my kids' birthday letters that I do annually, uh, my oldest will be 41 uh, in a few weeks, and I start my birthday letters with what I was doing when I was their age. So I went back to 1996 when I was 41. It was a rough, rough year. Rough year for me personally. Uh, some death, my dad, uh, a lot of stuff happening. But I reread that. You know what? And, and it wasn't a bummer. It was really cool. Because here's my daughter, Anna. And in a, in a couple of weeks, she's visiting today. In a couple of weeks, or a couple of days, uh, she'll turn 28. And so she was six years old at the time. So I read my journal. And then I sent her a text this week, and I said, Anna, here's what I read. She said, Dad, I want to die and go to heaven because I want to be with Jesus so bad. That's a six-year-old. She wasn't depressed. She was excited. Her faith was vibrant, vibrant, right? 
And so my six-year-old was teaching me these valuable lessons about yearning for the presence of Jesus, right? How many of us can say that? I'd just soon die today. Go be with Jesus. Not in depressed, like I got to get out of this place kind of thing, but because I so long to see him and be with him. And he's waiting for me, right? So that's the power of the journal, right? As I, as I look back on uh, the footprints of my life. But as we encounter the new year, there may be more questions than answers about our future. And you know what? That's okay because I'm convinced God's got it under control. He knows. He knows. And so to conclude our service today, we're going to take this opportunity to go interactive and reflect, which means we've got to get in the small groups. You know, when I, when I say that, I cringe because I don't like getting in these small groups. It's just weird and awkward. And it's like, oh, come on. You're all sitting in a nice theater style. I'm supposed to perform for you with a worship team, and you paid your money to come and see us perform. Why do you have to? And it's like weird. I'm uncomfortable because there's people I don't know. And I might not like them. And oh my goodness, I, this is really a stretch for me. Yeah, I get that. That's why I like to do it to us. <laughs> because I like to see us stretch, right? So, I do know this. Whenever I do these groups, I come out saying, that was pretty cool. I learned some stuff about some people I didn't know. And you know what? They're wrestling with the same stuff I'm wrestling with. And I'm not so alone and isolated. And I'm not so weird. Well, maybe not that. But the idea being, we're all in this together. And if we're going to be the body of Christ, we've got to be the body of Christ. And that means we all share. We all share together. This isn't a spectator sport. This is the character and nature of our church. If you're visiting with us, this is who we are. This is who we are. We love to tell our stories. The good, the bad, the ugly, because we're in this together. So we're going to do that now. So when you get into a group, uh, what you can do is select a leader. Now, uh, some by default will look at like, oh, my goodness. Oh, there's Jan Meerdink. He's an elder. Jan, why don't you stand? Can you say hi to Jan? Do you like him? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you get in a group, uh, Jan, thank you. Or you'll be like Derek Bikaisen. Derek, why don't you stand? And, and they'll say... Hey, ooh, good looking, Derek Pekeisen, right? Uh, let's make him our leader. Let's make him our leader. He's an elder too, spiritual guy. Don't do that. Elders lead all the time. You pick someone else in your group. And maybe it's a child. Absolutely. They're capable of doing it. Include the children in our group, right? Because we're all children, right? A bunch of big babies. Okay, so we're all children, right? All right. Then what we're going to do is we're going to share. Can we put the... Uh, those up on the screen right away. Uh, this, this is pretty easy. What's been your greatest challenge or the hardest part of 2018? What's been really joyful? And what are you trusting God for in the coming year? Now, share as deep as you want. You might want to share all three real quick, but be brief because we've got to get all the way around the circle, right? And, but maybe someone's really there and crushed, and it's time just to stop what you're doing and pray for that person, right? Listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying in that moment. So be thinking now about the answers to those questions. Then when we finish that, we're going to take communion in that group together and just thank God together for what he has done and the freedom that he's brought to our life and the fact that he is our hope for tomorrow, right? Yeah. So we want to end this year, start the new one uh, right where we need to be in the presence of the Lord.
Make sense? So music will be our transitions. Uh, you'll hear some music, and that means it's time to move to the communion part. And in the communion part, they're going to read some scripture. Uh, your leader is, and then have you reflect just for a moment of silence and stillness in your group uh, on these three different questions that will be on the screen, and then you will take communion together, and then when the worship team comes back up, uh, we'll conclude our service. Does that make sense to you? Any questions or comments about that? Okay, like I usually say, uh, scan now the people around you that you don't want to be with and then turn the opposite directions. Okay. <laughs> like, oh no, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're okay. They're all oh, okay. So let's stand together. Okay. Uh, the seats do move. Groups of six, no more than eight, please. Six, no more than eight. Select your leader. Here we go, church. I'm